our parenting is a beautiful example of redemption and what mm. God does for us because we mm. make mistakes. And, and I have had moms that I've worked with. They're like, I didn't know I could say sorry to my kids. I didn't yeah. know I could show them that I could, I'm real and make mistakes. I'm like, no, you yeah. have to show them that you make mistakes because if you think your kids are going to grow up and not be angry, you're fooling yourself. Mm -hmm. You have right now the ability to teach your children how to work through this and model it yes. and learn how to process emotions in a healthy way. Welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Zentz. I am a wife and a mom on a mission. I've got a passion to help women discover practical ways to apply the power of God's word to our everyday stuff. I truly believe that our walks with the Lord should be seamlessly intertwined with our everyday lives. It should affect every move we make and every breath we take. So come on, let's do life together. You've got this, because He's got you. All right, friends, get ready for this episode. It could actually be life-changing. You know, anger as a mom is something that so many deal with, but so few want to talk about. And today we are going there. We have professional life coach, Natalie Hickson, and she specializes in helping burnt out, exhausted moms deal with destructive anger in a very healthy way so they can get back to being the wife and the mom they really want to be. And this is a great episode and it is longer than most of my episodes, but it was so full of so much good stuff. And I may or may not have been having my own counseling session through this episode, but find yourself somewhere comfortable, grab a cup of coffee and a notebook or go for a walk, go for a bike ride, whatever it is, do those eight piles of laundry and really take this in. I think you're going to find a lot of great stuff and the show notes are full of wonderful links and resources for you. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with Natalie Hickson. Natalie Hickson, welcome to the Intertwined Life podcast. I'm so Thank glad. You. I'm so glad you're on. I'm very excited about this interview. And actually a lot of my friends are very excited <laughs> that I'm doing this interview. So we're going to be talking today and I've already done the intro for my listeners, but we're talking about managing anger as a mom. And that is something that I believe is so prevalent. And it's a subject that probably needs to be addressed more than just about anything else. And yet probably gets addressed less than just about anything else, because there's so much shame and fear, I feel like attached to those feelings mm -hmm. of anger. So I know that's something we're definitely going to address, but before we do, Natalie, why don't you just introduce yourself personally, who you are, where you are, family, hobbies, all those good things. So we can get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So I live in Bozeman, Montana, and I'm married to my high school sweetheart this year wow. in 2021 is our 20th year uh, married wow. and 25th year together. It's super oh exciting. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm yeah. Hard to he's, believe. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. And Aww. I can, I couldn't always say that we definitely had our struggles, but um, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful um, relationship today. And then we have three girls. We have a 10 year old, a, um, basically she's 14 in a couple weeks year old and then uh um 17 year old was wow. going to be 18 this year and I'm really excited for her wow yeah oh, so awesome. um we have a little zoo couple pets dogs cats 
I guess we're probably getting guinea pigs soon. I don't know. It's my 10 year old keeps telling me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And my hobbies aside from um, just, I spend so much time reading the word, listening to podcasts, um, sermons, working out. We love skiing in the winter. We love hiking in the summer. And then um, I love gardening and I'm kind of a house plant nut these days. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's, that's good to hear that somebody is because anything I have to water, it doesn't make it <laughs> like I have enough things to keep that alive. Used to be my story. <laughs> totally was my story. That's funny. That's awesome. So good. So there's still hope then. There's hope always. That's awesome. That kind of goes along with the story about me and what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. So yes, let's go right into that because that's what I really, obviously that's why we're here and I'm excited to hear you share. Tell us about what you do and how you got started in what you're doing. Yeah, so I am a Christian life coach for moms who are um, experiencing what I call destructive anger, and I'll give you the difference between the two here in a minute, but um, I'm helping them just kind of work through how do I overcome this um, rage and this anger inside of me. There's some moms who come to me who are like, I was never angry until I had kids. And then there was moms who've been like, I grew up with angry parents and I just never learned how to deal with this. So I, you know, it's a whole spectrum of people that come to me. Some are um, passive aggressive and some are outright, like very loud and and reactive. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I help them. Um, We do a little group coaching, um, but it's associated with one-on-one coaching too. I'm very hands-on with these ladies. It's very intimate. Um, I don't do big courses because there's big courses out there for people. There's books, there's podcasts. I'm the girl that, that moms are coming to after they've gone through that and they're still struggling. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, that's what I'm up to. And, and, um, but let me just use that real quick to tell you what is that difference between destructive anger and anger yeah because it's so often I'll say this they're like what do you do and I'm like well I help moms with anger like well you help every mom in the world then or what's (laughs) going on there (laughs) like yes every mom has anger and because every human has anger it's an absolutely natural human emotion that we have that's kind of been stuffed down and we're not allowed to have right Mm -hmm. we're not allowed to experience that um, in this culture and society, when you get angry, usually you're kind of like, don't do that or stop that, or you're in trouble for it. Um, so the difference is destructive anger is really when we're using it to control a situation because we're feeling out of control and to hurt, it hurts a relationship. Maybe we're not wanting to hurt the relationship, but we go there because we have feel as if we have no other way. And this is just the pattern of how we cope and work through anger. So um, that looks a lot like abuse in physical abuse, um, screaming and rage, kind of checking out. I remember when I screamed um, in that rage moment, those rage moments, I felt like a lion and I felt Mm -hmm. like I checked out and I would come back and go, what just happened? I Mm -hmm. don't even know what I just did, right? as physical abuse, I would spank my girl, um, especially Enya, my oldest, she's the one who got it the worst. I would spank her so hard. She'd have little handprints on her butt. Mm-hmm. She'd have bruises on her arm from me squeezing her so hard. Um, let's see, there's throwing things. I threw so many things. <laughs> um, yeah, slamming doors. And I'm going to kind of borderline on slamming doors and we'll kind of talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I'd love to. Just like that, that real force of 
I'm being destructive. You're just kind of a little tornado. Um, in my in my scenario, I was on the floor with Enya when she was two, throwing the same two-year-old tantrum she was, and we were screaming at each other. We were kicking the floors. We were just you know crying, just angry, just angry, anger, 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 and um, and it was just destructive because I didn't know how to deal with it. She was out of control. I couldn't control her. It didn't. It was foreign to me, and super frustrating. So a lot of that's the destructive behavior. In passive aggressiveness, it can be, which I also experienced some of this, um, silent treatments, getting super snarky, um, mm -hmm. teasing, but it's not really teasing. Um, I think we do that more with our spouses than with our kids, do you think? I think it, I think that you may experience it more when you have teenagers, to be mm -hmm. honest. That's and and spouses, yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Spouses, yes, for sure. But as they're kind of middle to um, high school, mm -hmm. I think that you might experience some of that. Makes sense. Partly because you're experiencing it from them. So you kind of like get into that with sure. them. Um, and then like leaving, I would, my husband would come home and I'd be like, bye. And I was gone. Or if I get an argument with him, I would leave the house and he wouldn't know where I was going. I wouldn't, I didn't have tracking on our phones. We didn't uh -huh. locate each other. Uh -huh. um, so and I'd be gone for hours and he would just be like, where'd she go? And and I would just be driving or I'd go to my mom and dad's and cry or yeah. whatever it was. So that was really the destructive anger in my life. Just trying to deal with what that, you know, how to process. And the healthy anger is more of, okay, I'm frustrated and I'm going to stomp the floor. I'm going to like hit my fist on the table or I'm going to raise my voice and be like, all right, I'm frustrated right now. We need to calm down. We need to figure this out or whatever, uh -huh. um, or, or sharp tone to your kids, like get your shoes on. We have to go right now. You know, you're not telling them they're terrible kids. You're getting their attention. Right. So there's, there's the difference. There's just really this, when we look at emotions, um, and we're happy, we laugh when we're sad, we cry, right. When we're disgusted, we're like, ugh, really or roll our eyes. Mm -hmm. um, when we're afraid, we're trembling and we're, we're feeling that anxiety inside, right? When we're angry, we feel angry and we will release some steam. We will uh, visi visibly let out a puff or stomp our foot. Maybe we will slam a door. That's why it's like, it's kind of borderline, you know, yeah. you slam the door in someone's face. That's destructive. <laughs> Not that I want us to be doing that, but it's just part of that release of, all right. Yeah. Um, when Jesus experienced anger, he pushed the table over to demonstrate. Now this is total righteous. It's Jesus we're talking about, sure. but God has righteous anger. He demonstrated this is frustrating and this is not okay, mm -hmm. right? So, but if someone who's been experiencing destructive anger can't see the line between the two and they have to really work through the destructive part and why they're destructive in order to separate and be okay with when they raise their voice at their kids, right? Yeah. So does that kind of give you some clarity on, on what I do and what the difference is there? Yes, I was thinking actually, there's a lot of freedom that comes, I guess, when we can understand that there is a healthy anger. You know, I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to experience anger or feel anger at all. And I always, you know, try to tell my kids and people, you know, that I leave Bible studies with and such that we can't really be responsible for every feeling we get, but we're responsible for what we do with that feeling and not letting it control us necessarily. And I think that there's freedom though, for moms to hear there's a healthy side to anger and 
anger itself is not what you need to feel, you know, condemned. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? And we can immediately feel terrible just because we have any feeling of anger. And do you find that you have to work through that with a lot of your clients, just realizing that anger itself is not necessarily wrong? You know, that's not something for them to feel so guilty and bad about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how many times do you either remember your parents saying or you saying to your kids what's wrong when they're experiencing anger or yes. sadness? Yes. And I try so hard right? not to, but all the time. Right. I know, I know. And it's just something you have to be aware about. And it's not that it's not that we're trying to say there's something wrong with them, but that is a word and it is associated with something's not right. Yes. And so if I'm upset, then there's something wrong with me. Right. Um, and then the other thing is when our kids are upset or when we were upset, when we were kids, our parents, or we are going, Hey, um, you need to stop that. We need to work through, get what, what's going on, you know? And it's, mm -hmm. it's mostly because, you know, we're busy, we're doing stuff, we're, we're going through the day. If somebody's upset, it takes time away. It takes attention. Yeah. And in today's society, we feel like we don't have that. We do, but we just tell ourselves the story that we don't have mm -hmm. time for this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's part of that. The other thing is, well, because of that, we've associated negative emotions like anger with this, um, being there's something wrong with me. So I must not be good enough. And if I'm not good enough and I can't be a good enough mom, I can't be a good enough wife, sister, friend, you name it. Yeah. Right. We spiral. So we associate it. It just, it's as you, your podcast is called, it's intertwined. It's just, yeah. it's all meshed together. And what we have to do is go, all right, Lord, wait a minute. You made me good enough. And if, if I continue to sit here and say, I'm not good enough, then I'm basically telling Jesus that what he did on the cross wasn't good enough for me. Mm. Right. Mm. Because that's what he came to do. He came to take our shame and he came to take our guilt and our sin upon himself. So yeah. we couldn't or didn't have to carry it anymore. Mm -hmm. And when we really accept him as our savior and say, yes, take my shame and I'm so sorry that I, that you had to do that for me, but thank you so much for that sacrifice. Yeah. Then we get to start re refocusing and resetting and go, I am good enough. Jesus makes me good enough. I can't stop yelling at my kids on my own. I have to have his help. Yeah. He's got to pull me through this. And, um, I want to bless him and I want to please him in learning how to, accept who I am because of who he's made me and love my kids and model to my kids. Yeah. This is anger. It's okay that we get angry. We have to use it in a healthy way. We can't hurt others with our anger, but we can be upset. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's wonderful. I actually, I'm glad you went there. Cause that's a couple of things I wanted to talk about was how you encourage kids to deal with their own anger because there's so many different ways, you know, and some of them may be healthy ways and some of them not healthy ways. The first question though I have for you is instead of saying what's wrong, when we notice our kids are angry or upset, or even our spouse, what would you, is there a replacement for that? Is mm -hmm. there something else? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I, I especially praise them too, when they verbalize this, but I say yeah. to them, I see you're really upset right now. And, and it's okay that you're angry and it's okay that you're sad or afraid. 
I tell them it's okay that you're feeling that way. Um, how can we work through this? Or what do you need right now? Or maybe it's time to just take a minute and calm down and then we'll come back and talk. Right. Yeah. And I do the same thing when I'm angry. Y'all, I am really frustrated right now. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm frustrated with the circumstance. Um, we all need to calm down and then we can come back and work through this. Yeah. And so you're taking the the emotion, which we have, we can't disconnect. You're basically telling someone if they can't be angry, that they shouldn't have a nose on their face. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, that is part of who we are. Yeah. And so when we can just acknowledge, oh, you have a nose on your face. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, oh, you have anger. You know, you're angry right now. I totally, I totally see it. I get it. I understand. I know anger. Yeah. It's okay that you're feeling that way. And the same thing with me. So let me just go into what I do in the heat of the moment and recovery. Yeah, it's going to kind of answer some of these questions. Sure. So when you're upset, what I, what I teach my clients is sit and pray. And I like to shorten it to sit and pee because <laughs> I want you to think it's, it's like such an easy out for us. We can be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yes. Go, I'll be right back. Even gotta though they follow us, we have to lock the door. <laughs> Yeah, they can lock the door. They can be banging on the door. Fingers underneath. Be, mm -hmm, you can be separated. And in that moment, yeah. you are, so you're separating or yeah. stopping. That's the S. You're inhaling. That's breathing. And we inhale because it's literally moving a, a bone in your brain called mm -hmm. the sphenoid bone. And it's massaging your pituitary gland, sending out hormones to relax your nervous system. So there's real science behind it. Okay, back up. Um, stop. That was Awesome. Yes. Somebody did not hear that. Say that one more time. And you said, when we're praying, is that correct? When, when we're inhaling, when I'm we're sorry. inhaling. Okay. Inhaling. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we're, we're calming down. We're, um, we're like our physical flesh is actually when we're breathing, it's calming our flesh down. Right. Yes. And then we're tuning in. We're going, okay, I'm going to, we're going to validate ourselves here. It's okay that I'm angry right now. Nothing wrong with me for feeling this way anyone would feel this way right now. Um, but I need to figure out why I'm angry. What's going on here? What, you know, why is this all happening? What's going on with everyone? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I'm also saying, okay, Lord, I'm frustrated, but I need your strength and I need your clarity of mind. Help me work through this in a productive way. So I don't hurt my kids. Yeah. Or if you've already gone to that place and you've already hurt your kids, you take, you still take that sit and pray moment and you go in and you're still doing the things I just suggested. And you're also praying and you're confessing and you're repenting and you're going, I'm really frustrated. I, I'm so sorry. I hurt my kids. Lord, help me. I'm not a bad mom. I know that, but I, I, I get angry and I'm working on trying not to do this and I need your help. So you, you just take that moment to separate again. Um, and then once we've we've calmed down, we go back to our kids after they've calmed down or our husband and we do what I call recovery. And that's when we're coming back together and we're going, okay, whether we blew it or not, and we just needed to take the separation, we still come back for recovery. Okay. We come back like, all right. I, first of all, if we blew it, it's okay that I got angry, but I am sorry that I screamed at you, or I'm sorry. I that, or I'm sorry, I spanked you or whatever it is, right? 
it was okay that mama was angry. It was not okay how I took my anger out on you. Yeah. Please forgive me. That's the first thing we're doing. It doesn't matter if your kids like deserved a consequence or did something they shouldn't sure. have. You come back and you say, it's okay that I was angry. It wasn't okay how I acted. So you're taking responsibility and teaching your kids. You take yeah. responsibility for your actions first. Then I go, I see that you were frustrated. You were upset. You put words to their, to their emotions and how they were feeling. And you can ask them to, how were you feeling? And if they don't know, you know, you're like, well, it looks like you were angry. And so at that point, you're validating their feelings. And then you're asking them, what was going on for you? Why did you throw your truck at your sister? You know, well, she mm -hmm. took it from me and that, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, that's frustrating when someone takes something from you. I totally understand. You're showing them empathy. Kids have to learn empathy. So you're, you're like, yeah, I totally understand. It makes me frustrated when someone takes something from me too. But that doesn't mean that you can take the truck and throw it at your sister right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's okay. You were angry, but you can't throw the truck at your sister. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, and, and I like to add physical touch in there. We are either cuddling or hand on the knee or the shoulder and, and just connecting in that moment. Um, I like to add some prayer in there, but we also, you know, work through the forgiveness. Hey, you need to say sorry, or I am sorry. Now, kids, you can encourage them to apologize back. I think that's really good. Parents need to teach their kids what apologies mean and why. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm sorry, mommy, for yelling at you, or I'm sorry, you know, that I threw my truck at my sister. And then after you've recovered and prayed through that, you know, I like to try to pray with the kids afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's when you get to do consequences after all of that. And I know this sounds like probably a lot of work, a lot of a process. And it is in the beginning when you've never done it before. It is a process, but you eventually get to the place where like I am today, where most of the time I'm like working through sit in my head. I don't even have to go separate. I'm already working through it. Like, okay, it's okay, I'm frustrated. They're just doing their thing. This is what's going on. I'm breathing, Lord help me, you know? And then, and yeah. if I really am still really angry, I'm like, okay, I'm out guys. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. Um, but then we work through consequences after recovery. And that's going to make more sense to your kids at that point. Because if you're angry and my kids know this, when I'm angry, they know, I mean, we've talked about this so much. They, the kids know what, mm -hmm. what I do, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I yell at you, like, raise my voice at you. If I threaten, like your phone's gone for a week now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they know in that moment I'm frustrated and that doesn't why like the consequence isn't actually a consequence mom's just saying something because she's angry and it's it, I'm not saying we should we should allow ourselves to always go through this I'm just saying we do we're human we make mistakes yes. and it's not a reflection on when I do that today I mean I got upset yesterday when I do that to this day I'm not sitting here going I'm such a terrible person yes I'm so horrible it's like okay guys this is what happened yeah. um and then so they know consequences don't work there. And then when you're working through recovery and you do consequences at the end, they're calm. They feel heard. They feel loved. Mm -hmm. They feel accepted. Mm -hmm. And then you can be like, so you threw your truck at your sister. You know, I think we should probably put it in timeout for an hour. And, mm -hmm. and he's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, yeah. something like yeah. that. Because I think when we, 
when we discipline or correct out of anger, first off, they know that it's clear and their automatic instinct is to fight back because when we lash out in anger, you know, they feel that fight or flight, right. And they want to fight back at us and we're not going to have a good communication there. So I, I love what you're saying, because if we can help them realize it's a natural consequence and it comes as a result of their choice, not as a result of us being angry. Right. And that is going to go further because they're going to understand it. But it's that parenting also from a state of grace where we come to them, affirm their feeling. I get it. Mommy gets angry, too. And then we go through that. And then it's like, okay, so now this there are consequences, you know, and I do feel like it's so much better received because, yeah, out of anger they know it. We know it. It it doesn't go too well. It doesn't go up. I love what you're saying because I really, really believe in the power of transparency because I really believe that I've, I've said it before. Our kids will benefit so much more from seeing us mess up and go to Jesus than us acting like we don't have any problems and he's non essential. Right. There's so much more power in that. And I I tell my kids, I'd rather see you mess up and handle it well than to never make a mistake because we're after character, not perfection. Right. I think too, that, you know, we look at God's design and, you know, just simply looking at a marriage, when you read the Bible, Song of Solomon, that is the relationship. There's three things in that book. It's talking about the relationship of a marriage. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it's also the relationship between God and the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And it's also a picture of Christ and his church. Right. Well, our our parenting is a beautiful example of redemption and what Mm. God does for us because we make mistakes. And, and I have had moms that I've worked with. They're like, I didn't know I could say sorry to my kids. I didn't know I could show them that I could, I'm real and make mistakes. I'm like, no, you have to show them that you make mistakes because if you think your kids are going to grow up and not be angry, you're fooling yourself. Mm -hmm. You have right now the ability to teach your children how to work through this and model it and learn how to process emotions in a healthy way how to learn compassion and empathy, which is so important, especially in today's world with technology and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things we have to learn empathy. If you do not know this, what empathy is, it is putting yourself in someone else's shoes, feeling feelings that they must be feeling because of what they're experiencing. And if we can't do that, we just might as well be a bunch of narcissists running around the planet who don't care about anybody but ourselves. Yeah. have to teach our kids what that looks like. And you can't teach your kids these things if you don't make mistakes. And that's one of the things when moms and I are working together, like, oh, I blew it again today. I'm like, yes. What did you learn Opportunity. (laughs) What did you get to teach your kids? And we walk through that and they're like, oh, you know, and I'm like, it's beautiful. I had a moment yesterday. I was upset. It wasn't actually at the kids. It was the dog, but (laughs) I was audibly audibly upset right Mm -hmm. and um, I said a bad word and the kids were afraid I was gonna get rid of the dog and I was like (laughs) and we just installed new carpet just got new rugs new (laughs) flooring and he peed he doesn't pee in the house and except for when you get new carpeting (laughs) yeah enemy is like what he made for evil got turned into good because yeah he peed all over the house all over everything and I was like and, yeah. and I just was like, you know what, Lord, this is going to make for an awesome story for my clients, you know, mm-hmm. and it did. Yeah, I say the same thing. I do the same thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He like, uses it all. You aren't going to win this battle, Satan, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. But so I said a bad word and I said a few things like dogs never coming back in the house again, you know, I'm kind of just <laughs> releasing my frustration. Mm-hmm. And I worked through recovery with the girls and I was like, 
and they were rallying. I mean, my girls were rallying. They were like, mom, we got the paper towels, we got the cleaner and they were working That's on great. it. And so recovery looked like girls, I'm, it was okay that I was upset. I'm sorry that I said a bad word. I'm sorry. I threatened to get rid of our dog. He can still come in the house. I still love our dog. It's actually our responsibility that he goes outside. Yeah. And, and I also, this is super important. Our kids need to hear this next statement. So girls, I really appreciate your help, but I just want to make it clear. It's not your responsibility to make sure I'm okay, that I'm happy. It's my responsibility to make sure I'm okay and happy. It's my responsibility to make sure you girls are taken care of, feel loved and happy. But I do really appreciate your compassion and empathy of helping mom clean up that mess. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. Our kids need to hear that it doesn't matter what happens, who they are, what they look like, how angry they get, the bad things they might say to us. We will love them no matter what. They need to hear that from us because they don't want to learn that they have to perform or that our happiness is based on what they do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So anyways, that was recovery yesterday and, and it, was, it was just a sweet moment with yeah. the girls. And that's why I love mistakes because we get that recovery moment that doesn't happen Absolutely. if we don't get those mistakes. Yeah, it's exactly right. And it's exactly what you said. I, I always love going back to the story of Joseph when he told his brothers, you know, what Satan intended for evil or what you intended for evil, God will use for good. Because that's exactly it. When we throw our mess and our mistakes at the feet of Jesus, he can use that to do something amazing. And if we will allow him to use our mess, it becomes our message. And again, when our kids see, our kids know we're not perfect. But if we go around and try to pretend like we're perfect in front of them, first off, they know we're liars, <laughs> right? They're right. not stupid. But then secondly, they grow up with this false sense of not mm -hmm. really learning how to manage and feeling probably even more guilty for what they deal with if they never saw mom deal with it, or if they never thought mom had any issues, or if mom always tried to act like she didn't have any issues instead of helping the child learn how to get through those same struggles and being transparent. And I actually, one of the things you mentioned was something I actually had written in my notes was how should we model managing our anger in front of our kids? Because like you said, we can't pretend like it doesn't happen and we can't just really stomp off. And I feel like you tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like if we're going to remove ourselves, which is wise from our children in a, or our husband or wherever we are, whatever situation has got us enraged, so to speak, we need to let them know it's not you it's the situation yes. you know and, it, and it's not yeah. like i gotta get away from you but mommy feels anger right now right and mm -hmm. and it may be that they just spilt their milk all over mm -hmm. the floor that we had just cleaned and just told them to put a lid on it and you know all those things and we are angry at what happened and i've told my kids i'm not angry it's not you but i don't like the choice you made like is that okay <laughs> how do you feel about that <laughs> I, I really even like to in, especially when we're experiencing that release of anger, I really like to try to keep it as, as much as we can to, I am not angry at anyone right now. I'm frustrated with the circumstances. I just need a moment to calm down before sure. we can talk about this. Sure. And in that way, then we can come back and go, Hey, you know, then we're going to be in a productive mindset because even in what you just said, we're still kind of blaming our kid for what they did. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did make a wrong choice, but we have to come to them and help them understand through a, a healthy, healthier process of why mm -hmm. they made the choice and kind of talking them through it. 
Um, because you think about it in your way, right? You want someone coming to you or your husband coming to you and going like, I'm frustrated with how you just talked to the kids. And I think you really made poor choices like that, you know, or, or that mm. was, a, I don't like your choice or I wasn't happy with your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be, what, what would you do? You would feel attacked and mm-hmm. like, well, you know, start getting yeah. defensive. Yeah. So in, when we're just experience that actual physical anger, um, just when we're working through that, trying to remember, and it takes some practice right? It takes practice, Yeah. but we can pray and ask the Lord for strength. He changes our hearts from hearts of stone to heart to yeah. flesh, right? Yeah. Um, he will help us. And we, we have to, um, yeah, just audibly communicate, be in the moment. I am angry right now. I'm angry about the situation. I'm not angry at you. I I've told my kids when I'm really angry, mm-hmm. I love you. I'm just really angry right now. Yeah. And I need to calm down. So, so it's not you, it's the situation. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that just puts their, their, their hearts at ease, even though it's still tense, it's, they're still feeling something cause I'm upset, but they're not going to internally subconsciously take that and go, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough for my mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, what's really important. And then just in, in that really quick, as far as hearing him, yeah, it's so hard though. How do I stop and sit? How do I um, remember to say these things? Well, first of all, yes, it takes practice. Um, it takes working through and, and being aware of these things. But the number one thing that changed my life was spending daily time with the Lord. Amen. I don't care if it's five minutes. Yeah. I don't care if it's two hours, but I have to be in the word and spend time with the Lord in order for me to recognize his voice yes. and hear it above my voice, hear yeah. above um, the enemy's voice. I have mm-hmm. to be in the word to recognize the Holy Spirit Amen. leading me, pointing me back to Christ. Hey mama, did you know that every single episode of the Intertwined Life podcast is like its very own Bible study? So many times I hear people say, I really want to start reading my Bible more, but I don't know where to start. Hey, I get that and I've got your back. All you have to do is go to jennyzens.com slash podcast or click on the show notes. Each and every episode has its own post on my website. And in those show notes, I have listed every single scripture that I reference in each episode and linked it up to Bible Gateway. And honestly, I'd rather you sit with the show notes and open up your own Bible, you know, the one with pages. There's just something about holding the word of God and digging in with your highlighter, your journal, and probably a cup of coffee, right? But every single episode you can do that with. So that means it's even arranged by topics. And then you've got tons. Some of these episodes have more than 30 scripture. Don't sit down and do them all at once. Pick a show, go through, sit with the Lord, take your time, do one or two verses a day, gather a group of friends, start an intertwined life Bible study where you literally listen to the episode and then just go through the show notes, looking up those verses, looking for verses to memorize, write those suckers down, put them on note cards around your house. They'll soak into you and produce the life that God has for you. I love it. And I want you guys to dig into the word so you can stand on what you know, regardless of how you feel. And you can really be ready to apply the power of God's word to your everyday stuff. All right, back to the show. Amen. I always tell people, you know, if my husband and I got married and never talked again, we would not build much of a relationship. 
you know, and it's so true. And when, and when we were first dating, the first couple of times he called, he had to say, hi, this is Tim. Cause I didn't really know him. I didn't know his voice, but after time we, and the more we talked, then it was just like, he could just call. And sometimes he didn't even have yes. to say anything. And I knew who it was. Right. But it's because it's we continued in that relationship and that time together. I'm so glad you said that because that's the point of all of this. If anybody mm -hmm. thinks that we can take all these other tips and try to apply them and never address the root of needing to abide in him and be led by the spirit. If we accepted Christ, the Holy spirit's in us. And that is our life source. You know, we can't yeah. go a day without breathing oxygen. We shouldn't think that our spirit can survive a day without plugging into our source no. of our strength. And even if that's the only thing we did, right, yes. was commit to time with him, that's greater than anything else we could try to do because it will change us from the inside out. And now we're preaching. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. In fact, yeah. that's one of the things when clients come to me, when we start working together, their number one thing is you have to check in at least four times that you've spent time with the Lord today. Good. I don't care what you do. Yes. I don't care how it, it takes place. But yes. you have to acknowledge that you have heard his voice today yes. and spent time trying to hear his and, and just communicating with yeah. him. It's because yeah. I, I tell them, I can't change you. My program's not going to change you. The Lord is going to change you. And Amen. he's going to use my stuff as and my accountability and my coaching as a voice. But mm -hmm. it's unless you can recognize his voice, it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And we have to be still even if we're not still in our body, you know, if there's so much going on and we're, we're busy, you know, but we have to be able to be still in our spirit and our soul, take out the earbuds, turn off the TV in the background, mm -hmm. whatever it is so that we, you know, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that he is God. And then yeah. for our friends who are listening and maybe they've never started a one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord and they don't know where to start or they tried and they're like, I didn't feel anything. That's okay. That's not our job. I always tell yeah. people, you know, James tells us we draw near to him. He draws near to us. And I love mm -hmm. in Isaiah, I went through a whole dry season in my spiritual walk in the midst of feeling really strong. And then just having this burnout time for about a year where I would just mm -hmm. open the Bible to Isaiah, where it says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I'd open it. I'd look at it. I'd say, okay, God, I'm waiting. You know, I was like, I don't feel a thing, but I'm waiting. And he honors that just show yes. up and he'll do the rest. His word is alive. He can't help himself. Yeah, because he he's crazy. And there's a verse. I apologize. I don't remember the the um, verse, but or the reference. I'll find it. But yeah, he's he's faithful. He can't help himself but be but be faithful. Even yes. when we're not faithful, he's still faithful to yes. us. And there is absolutely days. Don't, don't think I sit down and get a high from God every single day. I sit absolutely. down and I tell my clients this. I'm like, you, you sit down and some days it's just, all right, I read it and I feel nothing. I didn't really experience anything. I don't even know if I even retained what I just read, mm -hmm. but I showed up and like you were talking about the relationship with your husband. It's such a great example because if you, if your husband comes home from work every day, let's say he works outside the home and you're staying home. If he comes home from work every day and he walks in the door and the first thing you say is, Hey, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. This is what happened. This needs fixed. Um, Oh, this was cool today. This is really frustrating. I don't know how to deal with it but all right, I love you. And then you don't say another thing. You don't listen to him. You don't interact. Yeah. If that's all you do with your husband, what kind of relationship are you going to have with him? It's yeah. totally one-sided. Yeah. And in, in our flesh, he probably would leave you at some point, right? <laughs> God, he won't leave you. God's not going to leave you. And so by you just showing up every yeah. single day and being faithful 
and trying to listen, he will, you will start to hear him. You will hear him through um, a, looking at a daisy, seeing a sunset, hearing a song, reading the word, mm-hmm. um, hearing something somebody says on a podcast. Yeah. You will hear the Lord speaking to you because yeah. you're, you're, the spirit's inside of you. You have no other choice but to yeah. hear him because you're recognizing his voice. Yes, yes. And he's so gentle that he's not going to force himself on us. You know, so it's like, he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to be here. And when you calm down, slow down and give me some attention, I'll talk, but I'm not going to beat you over the head with it, you know, because he's gentle and he's patient. (laughs) So he's sitting there, you know, and it's yes, but he, but he's always wants it to be a a choice, a choice to follow him. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. Wow. Oh, we could just go down that road forever. (laughs) I love it. I love it because it's true. None of this stuff's going to do anybody any good until they get their hearts and their minds set on Christ, because that's the beginning and the ending of it all. Um, so, so I do like that you said your kids know like the signs. And I actually was wondering about that. Cause for me, I'm not a, a screamer. I'm not a thrower, but I am a huffer <laughs> and I used to huff a lot. And now I've transitioned over the last probably 10 years to where I am much more um, intentional about deep breathing, but my kids know when I go, they're mm-hmm. like, uh Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> Mommy, what's wrong? <laughs> Mommy's mad. Are you mad at me? what I do? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, and I've told them, I'm like, this is a coping mechanism. Sometimes mommy feels overwhelmed or a little anxious or just, just angry or frustrated. And I don't even always have a good reason, but we just have these mm-hmm. feelings. So that is me kind of resetting. It's how I cope and calm back down, but they hear that and they know that. And it's like, they go on alert, you know, almost <laughs> as much as if I'd thrown something across the room when they hear me breathe like that, they're like, Oh God. Right. So you're saying that that's okay. That's, that's a good thing for them to be aware and to see that. I think it is. I think it's okay for kids to, to see you experience anger. And it's, again, the difference is we don't want to use our, our moment or release of energy in that way to hurt somebody else. We don't really want to hurt anyone else or anything either. You know, we don't want to punch a hole through the wall. That's not okay. That's destructive. Right. But to just be like, I I was telling a client yesterday, um, cause she felt like she was just, I keep yelling at my kids, you know, in their name and stuff. I'm like, okay, so you're frustrated. Let's do this baby step of I'm really frustrated right now. It's not you. It's just right now, you know, and just kind of helping yeah. her go, you need to release that energy. Okay. Release it. Let's just not point it towards the kid. Let's mm-hmm. just communicate exactly what we're dealing with. I'm yeah. angry. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know? So you know, and the other thing is it keeps you in awareness and you're not going to get to that place where you're screaming. Like I was like a lion and checking out and saying so many mean things sure. to your kids, keeps you grounded. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of staying in the moment because you're focusing on, okay, I'm angry and I'm speaking loud and I'm getting excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you said when you separate and, or you said when you're doing that inhaling, that there's a bone massaging right? Yeah. It's like, there's a little bone in our brain that kind of is shaped like a butterfly Uh and it massages back and forth. Um, and it hits the pituitary gland, which is where our hormones are released and Uh created, I guess. But, um, yeah. And so it sends out that that's how our nervous system relaxes. That's why deep breathing is so healing Mm -hmm. and helpful because it helps our flesh calm down. So we're working on our flesh in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like 
it literally brings tears to my eyes because it's like, Aww. that is how incredible our creator is. Oh, amen. Right. right? I mean, how oh, yeah. awesome is that? And so really what we can do is like, mommy needs to go get a massage, <laughs> right? Like go get a massage. That's what you need to Seriously. do. That's amazing. Yes. I love, love, love that. How science is constantly proving the incredible power and creativity of God, you know, yes. over and over again. I think that's amazing. So I, I love that. And I, as far as the removing yourself, I think it's important to, and you did mention this, but I think it's important that we don't forget to say, always come back and close mm -hmm. out the situation. Because yep. if we stomp off and we're gone and the kids know, or we walk off or we tell them whatever it is, but if we leave and the kids know we're angry, and then we come back however much longer later and just go on about the day, the, there's unresolved issues and it feels like abandonment, yep. right? If, if mm -hmm. you're mad and you leave that person and in that moment, it's like your love was gone. Like you were abandoned from that child's yeah. perspective, correct? Yeah. And especially if we have little kids, I like to go, okay, you know, we may have gone, started using timeout as a consequence. So what I like to teach your kids, have you teach your kids, especially if they're younger is, Hey, we're going to take a calm down break right now. Nice. We're just going to calm down. Um, we're going to sit and you know, you teach your kids. I have my clients teach your kids what sit looks like little kids. I have moms put together little calm down boxes and they have like a little snack and a little toy and a little craft or something that the kids can do on their own. And they only get it during calm down time. They don't get it for any other reason. And I've had parents like, well, you're re rewarding them for their bad behavior. I'm like, I don't care what their behavior is in that moment. I want you to calm down and I want you to teach your kids to calm down. We will work through behaviors later. It doesn't matter if they're a little baby, they need to know now. You have to work through calming down before you can teach your kids how to be respectful and responsible. Because sure. um, otherwise you're not going to get that attention from your kids. So we're just rewarding them for calming down you're rewarding yourself for calming down because you're just taking a moment, right? Mm -hmm. If you are out and about, if you're at the store, if you're driving around, um, you have, uh, you can, I would take my kids out to the car and say, all right, we're just gonna, or I'd pull to the side of the road if I was driving. And if mm -hmm. I needed to, I'd get out of the car if they were screaming. I'd be like, I gotta take a minute, Sure. you know? And, and if they were really screaming and I didn't have to get out of the car, I would just sit there and be like, we'll leave when you all calm down. We'll get back, we'll start driving again. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just be deep breathing and, and doing yeah. that sit moment in yeah. the car with them. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good. And I don't want anybody to mishear me. I'm not saying you don't walk away. We said you do walk away, but it's that coming back, closing out you the situation. You may not be able to, and I mean, especially littles, you may not be able to walk away and shut the bathroom door if you need to keep an eye on the baby or something. Sure. But I want you to just kind of take that moment, have your kids get the calm down box, just step mm -hmm. outside of the room. Mm -hmm. You can keep your eye on the kids, whatever, just kind of separate yourself from the situation. Even if it's across the room and start deep breathing, mm -hmm. it's just going to start getting you into a productive mindset instead of a destructive, destructive. mindset. Sure. Sure. And of course that little one can go to the crib. You've got a baby monitor. I know you do. Oh, <laughs> right? I totally, put I would put in my baby crib. in the crib. Yeah. <laughs> I'd put her in there and be like. Oh, absolutely. It's safer for you in here right now than yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. I'll watch you from the other room with the sound turned down because <laughs> we've got those videos. Oh gosh. And that was 10 years ago. So I know it's still, it's still there. Um, probably a lot more advanced than it was 12 years ago when I was using it. Um, all right. This is good. So 
I do want to ask you, how about we talked about kids processing their anger. We kind of started out with that. One question I have for you though, is are there ways you encourage kids to express their anger other than just words? And here's where I'm literally going with this. So my Mm -hmm. son, he's nine. And sometimes he gets those big emotions and he can get angry. And sometimes it's just things like me, any little thing can just make me angry. I don't even really know why, but I feel rage inside. And I think that we can talk about that moms experience and sometimes are afraid of, but I have heard different schools of thought. And I heard a couple counselors say, you know, get one of those like Nerf bats. And he was talking specifically to moms and go in your room and beat the pillow. if You have to give yourself a physical out. So I told my son about this because you also hear about people getting a punching bag, right? Go punch the bag Mm -hmm. or go for a run, whatever, same kind of physical out for those feelings. Well, I gave him this bat and the kid's like, when he gets mad, he's like, I need the bat. And he's like wailing on the bed. And I'm like, is that okay? (laughs) Am I just teaching him to be angry and just be destructive or is that a healthy thing? You're, you're teaching him. You're not saying go hit your lamp and your picture and your sister or whoever you're saying, go hit the pill. It's absolutely, we have this release of energy and if we're, we're not able to fully control that yet mm-hmm. um releasing that on a bed with a nerf bat i totally told moms that before give okay, your kid cool. a nerf bat or go outside and jump on the trampoline or go on your bike go on uh-huh. a, yeah it, it's fine i have told um moms too I, I actually have done this and this really can help your kids calm down um and so i always challenge moms to try it when you're a kiddo uh, I'll use my youngest for an example. Um, she would have these really big tantrums. And by the time I had my youngest, I had been really working through some of this. So I was able to deal with her tantrums without tantruming back at her. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is just basically sit down on the floor in her room um, and let her throw her tantrum. She would throw herself on the floor. She'd be kicking it. And I would just tell her, it's okay that you're angry right now. And when you're ready, I'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um and even to this day, sometimes when she's upset, she'll stomp up the stairs and slam her door. And I don't attack her for that. Now, if she slams her door three times or she's just going at it, she sure. doesn't do that anymore. But we do take their door off, you know? So that's one of the things. The other thing is when my oldest was little, I was starting to recognize that if I told her it was okay that she was angry, it was okay that she could cry. I can specifically remember some airplane rides where she would be screaming and I noticed if I just got upset with her and was like, cause I was worried everybody'd be mad at us. And I stopped, what do you mean? Shut up, you know, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll give um, you a reason to cry. Her, I know it just makes her more upset. So I, I, the Lord just led me and I was like, girly, if you need to cry, I don't care who's on this airplane. You let it out, honey. You just mm-hmm. cry it out. And we tell our kids that we're validating that they're feeling something and they start to calm down. They don't have this friction anymore. Mm. So telling our kids, hey, you're angry, go go hit the bed. Just go release that. And we'll deal with, with everything else after you've released that energy. Totally healthy yeah. behavior. Um, when you're alone in your car and you've felt like you've just been tense lately and you're driving and maybe you're not at the stoplight, but you're driving, just, I will do this totally when it's been like a stressful week. I will scream at the top of my I've lungs done that in my car. let it out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> making sure the kids aren't in there with you yeah yeah yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah you know sometimes, sometimes windows up. Be like, oh 
Yeah. Or I've had moms be like, all right, girls, we are kids. We just need to scream. Everybody's screaming out. Like, we just like screaming out. Everybody has mm-hmm. to be in agreement because you don't want someone to be scared or hurt. But yeah, it's it's totally okay for you to yeah. allow your kids to have a constructive way to release that theme. Yeah. Um, and then also what I really love to encourage moms to do is go look at your kids' age and development and even gender and see what is going on for them in that moment. Because maybe um, what they're experiencing when we recognize that that's part of their development, it takes off the pressure of there's something wrong with us mm-hmm. and that we taught our kids something wrong. Yeah. And it also helps us go, hey, they're supposed to be doing that. That's my kids on track. You know, that's it's good. just like, yeah. Yeah. That's so something they can in, find on your website or do you have a source you typically suggest people go to? Um, I am like, just go Google it or internet sure. search it. Or I did just get two book recommendations from clients yesterday that they've been reading. I think one is the whole brain child and the other one is the way of boys. Okay. Um, I'll link to I all that. I cannot vouch for them. I have not sure. read them, but from what they were saying, I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. Nice. Um, just kind of helping you understand how kids process. I also like some old books. Um, there's an author called Louise Bates Ames, and she has, if it's on Amazon, you, you just Google like your 10 year old or your four year old oh. and she, they're older books, but they same idea. Yeah. That was super helpful for me. Um, oh, and understanding this is Oh this is normal, <laughs> quote unquote normal. Yeah. yeah, no, that is good. Cause sometimes I think, especially depending on the personality of the parent, my husband and I are both pretty type A and our firstborn, firstborn female, she's very type A of course, and very, you know, by the book. And then our son who is incredible, such a special kid. He lights up a room, the world is his stage, but whoo, he is not type A. And I think sometimes with our personalities, we impose our personality, our expectation. And just because we think something is the way it should be, doesn't mean it's actually the only way things should be. And does that, right? So we'll impose yeah. that expectation on a child that doesn't oh, have yeah. personality, doesn't fit their maturity level. And each kid is different. You know, my yep. daughter, my son's pretty mature for his age in a lot of ways, but my daughter is like 11 going on 40 you know, and always has been right. Like so above and beyond. And so then to try to turn around and teach a nine-year-old boy, those same in that same way, it doesn't always jive. And I think that helps my personality to learn some other, you know, Oh, this is normal for a nine-year-old boy. I'm expecting him to act like a 35 year old man, you know? Well, and part of it too, is we, we don't really take into account that we're in our own heads and yes. therefore we should expect like we think well sh- don't isn't it obvious shouldn't you know this yes you know yes. why do I have to tell you this or yes. how come you know and and there's so many things I mean kids hearing doesn't even develop completely till after the age of 15 so you're going to repeat yourself 15 times that to is your eight-year-old crazy that's just know, crazy that's, there's just stuff that we don't think about, but the yeah. more we learn, the more we discover about our kids and ourselves and how we work. And, yeah. um, Oh, another good book for moms. I have all clients read. This one is get out of your head by Jenny Allen. Yes. She takes yes. A, a I just read beautiful it. Approach. Yeah. Beautiful approach of science and Christianity. Cause we have to be careful too, with, um, therapy and, and counseling mm-hmm. and stuff. Sometimes they just focus too much on science and they don't take, um, into account that the ultimate healer is the 
is the Lord and Christ. And that's where we find our healing. Yes. Yes. And that's, I love Dr. Caroline Leaf. Her stuff is unbelievable. Are you familiar with her? I feel like I just heard of her recently. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Oh, you, you've got so much good stuff to dig into though. She's a neuroscientist (laughs) and brain brain plasticiology is her specialty. Yeah, I did just hear her. Oh, she's incredible. Strong, strong believer. And oh, wow. She's amazing. So you're going to love digging into her. Um, I will link to everything we mentioned for sure in the show notes. Uh, let's see. Was there, oh, can I just mention something else real quick, please? Something I like to say on every, um, every podcast, if I can remember it (laughs) is Mm -hmm. that what, you know, so you heard about my tantruming with Enya when she was two, my oldest. Yeah. Um, what is that relationship like today? Yes. And so first of all, she knows the story. I've told her all of the abuse she experienced from me. Um, and she doesn't remember it, which actually doesn't surprise me. Um, I, first of all, think that's a blessing, but also um, when we are experiencing something traumatic, a lot of times we will suppress that memory. And so um, I told her, girly, as you're growing, uh, maybe it's when you have kids someday or whatever, it doesn't matter. But as you're growing, if there's stuff that comes up for you that you remember, or you want to talk to me about, or, you know, you just, you feel like you need me to apologize for, girlfriend, come to me. I'm here. I want to help you. I either want to help you work through it between us, or I'll help you find someone to take it deeper if you need to, but, um, very open with them about just communicate, you know, this is what I've done. And and it's an, also an apology, you know, I'm so sorry that I hurt you in that way. In fact, it's funny because I pretty much, um, think that the Holy spirit used me to grow my parents. Um, and isn't that the way kids are, but because I was going through and trying to figure out how to deal with it, it yeah. forced them to change. That's what happens when we change. It forces others to change or walk away. And my parents weren't willing to walk away. So they had to start changing to react yeah. to me differently as well. And, and I'd push them. I'd be like, mom, this really hurt when I was a kid. And like, we had to work through that. And there's sometimes yeah. there's some people you just you can't do that with some parents yeah. and it's totally okay. And, and I had, yeah. And I, I have clients who it's either or scenario and we work through either scenario and they're still able to overcome and grow yes. through that. Even if their parents don't respond or change or anything. And mm-hmm. I don't even tell them like, you do not, when we get into the forgiveness stuff, I'm like you do not have to talk to your parents. You will only talk to your parents if you feel led to, if the Lord's feeling, yeah. um, if the Lord's leading you into that. So yeah, yeah it's so good. It's totally just, I think it's just part of the story that the Lord had me, had me on and how he used me with my parents. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is actually a misconception that a lot of times we think, oh, well, if I'm going to forgive and if I'm going to go through therapy and counseling and life coaching or whatever, I'm going to have to confront so-and-so. And like you said, we know whether or not the person that has maybe been the root of some of the issues that we're struggling with now, whether they could receive that or not, and whether that's going to help or hurt. And like, I'm glad to hear you say that because I don't think it's one answer fits all because some people can't, can't receive that, won't take that. And we need to be able to heal. Even if that person is not part of that restoration. It's absolutely true. And there's some people who like I've had in my life, narcissistic, narcissistic sociopaths, they have the personality disorder. There is no confronting them. There's no way you're going to get anywhere with them. And you have to learn how to work through that yourself yes. without having closure from them. Yes. And it's, or, 
or if you have to keep that relationship, maybe it's a parent and you need to keep that relationship because you want to, it's your parents. Mm-hmm. How do I live and survive in this relationship without hurting myself or putting my family last because I'm pleasing my parents or trying to make them happy? Yeah. It's, it's a whole inner working that we work through in my, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a lot more than an hour podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. It's fun though, because I have clients, they come to me and they're like, they're coming because they're angry moms. Right. And they're just like, I want to stop yelling at my kids and all this stuff. And then when we get into it, they're like, this is more than just dealing with anger. I mean, I had no idea I would be working through stuff with my parents and overcoming these for like resentments. I thought I'd forgiven them already yes. or somebody else in their life, maybe not even a parent. You yeah. Know? It's like, that's because it's what's going on for you is just a symptom of what's going on deeper and how mm-hmm. we have to work through that stuff deeper. And yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's... I would never have expected the relationship that Enya and I have today. She's a teenager. Yeah. There's still stuff that happens because teenagers are teenagers. I'm a mom. I get PMSy. I still act mm-hmm. like a teenager when I'm PMSing mm-hmm. sometimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's communicating that. And it's so funny too, because her, her, our youngest daughter if I've like raised my voice or been upset, she's like, you're so mean or, you know, and, 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 you know, I kind of chuckled because we're like, you don't even know what mean mom looks like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, because then you remembers me being upset, but she sure. doesn't remember a lot of what she experienced. So yeah. I just wanted to tell you it's, and it's never too late. It's never too late. I don't care if you happen to be listening to this and you have adult children who left the house, mm. you can recover with your kids you can work yeah. things through and you can help them um, just by telling them that you're sorry and you love them and you want to work through anything if they need it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many clients that I work with that if their their mother, who's, you know, their kid's grandma, if their mom would come to them and say, I'm sorry for the, the stuff that you went through that I didn't deal with, that would be so healing and yeah. such a blessing to them. So don't ever think you're too old or too far gone. The, the enemy is going to tell you that you can't change. You're too far gone. Mm-hmm. You've ruined your, your kids forever. You're and and that is not who Christ is. Amen. Christ didn't come here to say we're stuck and to say that we're condemned. He came to save us and set us free from that sin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so good. So good. And it's, it's so true. Your daughter is so daughters are so much more likely to come talk to you when they're experiencing these issues, whether it be now or whether it be when they're moms, because they know one that you've been there two that you're working through it. You're not afraid to talk about it and you're not going to judge them for it. Right. If we're transparent with our kids, I think that's the thing about hiding our struggles from our kids. It's not that the kids don't figure out that we have struggles, but it's that they're never going to come talk to us because they know we're either going to act like we don't have struggles or they don't think we can empathize with them at all. So I think yeah, and they're, they're looking for their approval. They want to be, I don't yeah. want my mom to think I'm a bad mom, or I don't want my, yes. th- my mom to think that I can't do this or, you know, yeah. and it's like, girlfriend, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do without the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've totally messed up. And I'm mm-hmm. just as transparent as you can be with your kids. It's yeah. better than I, oh, I yeah. say, you can't say too much to your kids. You just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so let me ask you, why do you think it rises to the surface so oftentimes when women become moms? Some women I know from 
very beginning always feel like anger has been a struggle for them, but it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, seems like to me, a huge majority of women think I didn't know I was angry until I had kids. And now, mm-hmm. even if my kids aren't doing anything, I have this underlying anger that seems so easily to just flare up. Is there a science behind that or a thought behind that? Or is it just because we're overwhelmed <laughs> What are you, or tired? <laughs> yes. All of that. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's a lot, it's a multifaceted, right? Um, I think part of it too, is just the fact that we, especially if we were told that we couldn't get angry or we are never taught how to process anger in a healthy mm-hmm. way. I um, mean, even if our, we didn't grow up in an angry household, like a, a verbally or reactive household, um, we still may not have learned anger is okay. And we have to process. So we aren't equipped when we have yeah. kids and they're throwing tantrums and we're getting angry, we aren't equipped to know how to help them through it. How can we help them through something we don't even know how to deal with? Sure. Right. Oh, and sure. so we're faced with something that we're totally unsure about. And um, so that's, I think that's a big factor in what I notice in, in what we end up doing with what I always end up doing with my clients. We walk down that road of forgiveness and go, Hey, this is the coping mechanisms that you had. And now that you have kids, like it's, it's, you've, you've pulled, you've held together so much mm-hmm. that now you adding kids on top of it and the stress that kids can bring, um, you're just going to explode. There's, you have no way of knowing how to deal with it. And it's so, so sad because moms, I, I mean, I was in this place myself. I didn't know that I could overcome this. I didn't know that there was help for me. I didn't know that if anybody knew what I did to Enya, I thought I would be, they would take my kids away. I thought they would yeah. take her away. Yeah. And, and God placed me in a really cool place when she was younger. We actually lived in a duplex condo situation and my parents were in the next door condo. Oh, wow. So God protected Enya from me by me just reaching out and going, mom, I need you here right now because I'm going to do something I shouldn't like. And mm-hmm. so she would come in and basically take Enya and, and give me some time to calm down. But I didn't know there was help. And I would continually blame Enya too. If she would just stop throwing tantrums, I wouldn't get so upset. And so we actually took her to a therapist to help her work through stuff. And the therapist observed her and she's like, oh, she's a perfectly normal kid for her age and development. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're not home with her. <laughs> and she's like... Natalie, you need to be in here. And I was like, wait, what? You know, and I was just deep down inside. I was so grateful that somebody was saying there's help for you. Right. Yeah. And so that was, that was a a turning point in my life. But yeah, the mom who's sitting out there right now going, I can't talk about this. I can't tell anyone because someone's going to turn me in. You can, there's safe places. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Jenny, reach out to some of your close friend, someone you trust say, I'm struggling with this and I need help. Yeah. That's oh, so good. That's actually, I had just written down. What would you say to the mom who's scared to admit that <laughs> this is a struggle? Cause I know that's a story for so many and there's so much, it's kind of like as mom and as moms and women, we wear stress and exhaustion as this badge of honor. But yet mm-hmm. when we feel anger, it's so much shame attached with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And we try to cover it up and hide it, which I'm sure just makes it worse and worse and worse. Um, so thank you for being here today. Thank you for your transparency in your story, because I know there's so many who are afraid 
to step out, to reach out, to let anybody know what they're struggling with. And sometimes I think there's just freedom in knowing you're not alone and you're not the only one. I think that um, isolation is a very big trick of the enemy to try to get us alone, make us feel shame and tell us we're the only one, something's wrong with us. And then we'll oh, yeah. To, and especially yeah. in, in today when you've got, you know, I'm off social media now. I, yeah. I want to talk over about it. that later. I'm done with this comparison trap that the enemy keeps using to make moms feel like they're not good enough because they see all these perfect pictures, but they are not seeing the mom behind the pictures. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And our brains do not take it in and get it. We just we will be fooled every single time. And I'm like, yeah. I can't be a part of this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. You know what? Maybe I, okay. So one of the questions I always ask that I wrap up the show with for every guest is what's one practical tip you would give to women of easy, simple way to intertwine their walk with the Lord in their everyday life. So what about you going off social media? Is that something you would say, Hey, give this a try to be your simple way to, what would you say about that? I love that. I know there's a lot of fear that surrounds getting off social media, which is obviously the enemy. That all comes from him. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, yeah, there's fear of missing out. If there's moms out there who actually have businesses and they're like, I can't be off social media. And I'm like, I'm (sighs) one of those, one of my peers, actually, a year before I did it, she didn't, I thought she was crazy. Mm -hmm. And, but it planted the seed and I started thinking about it. And the more that I continued in, in what I was doing, like all I'm posting is it, it, it just feels too self-centered. It feels, feels too prideful. And when I'm looking at all the things, you know what's happened since I've been off? My business has actually increased. God has used my message in other ways to get out. He, he told me, I was praying through it. You do not need Instagram. Mm-hmm. You do not need Facebook. You do not need anything like that to get your message out. I get your message out. Amen. And if you're going to trust me, that's what's going to happen. And I'm like overwhelmed at the moment. I'm like, okay, God, thank you. But what am I doing here? You know, it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he does. He's just, he provides, he's faithful. So pray through it. There are some people who need to be on social media because they are a voice for God on social sure, media, right? Sure. For the people who are like struggling out there. So I'm not saying that everybody should get off. I think that you need to take it to the Lord and go, is this a place that, first of all, I'm going to comparison. Your episode was it Heather? Yes, Heather, Heather Creekmore. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about comparison being um didn't she make that that connection between comparison and pride basically mm-hmm. and how it's and that's just all rooting into sin right we, yeah. we look at someone else and wish we had that yeah. um we're getting prideful and so i i feel better about my body i feel better about my business i feel better about my motherhood journey yeah. um i i have not lacked anything being on social media I am on Pinterest because I like to look for the sure. recipes and, yeah. and different things and we're remodeling and stuff. Yeah. But, and I'll post blog posts on there, but it's not too, so I don't know. It's, it's not the same. It's more of a search engine. It's a so it's a very, yeah, it really is. it's a different <laughs> feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And well, you may yeah. even talk more about that when we officially finish this interview because <laughs> I'm very intrigued. Um, I'm one of those who's only on there because of the podcast, you know? Right. Oh gosh. And I'm sure you got a lot of time back when you jumped yeah. off social media and ended that whole, I don't think we even realize that even just wording the post fright, let alone taking 40 oh, shots of the word. same picture. I, mean, I get the and- Oh, that's good. So how about, um, do you have a life verse or a verse that's really bringing you life right now? One of my favorite, um, it's actually a passage right now. It's um, 
Psalms 138, it's eight mm -hmm. verses. Um, I have it pulled up right here. And one of the things I love, oh, there's just so many in there. Yeah. Um, three, verse three, in the day when I cried out to you, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. When we cry out to the Lord, he gives us strength. Yeah. He can't help himself. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, though, verse seven, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. And then the next one just like takes the cake. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Mm. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The Lord will perfect. That's what, that what mm. concerns me. Whatever's going on in your life right now, God is using it to make you better, to make you refine, to sanctify you, to bring you to him mm -hmm. and to spread like my mess, my anger. 10, 15 years ago, never would I have imagined. I'm on a podcast talking about how I was angry and worked through it and overcame that shame and that guilt and that insecurity of who I was as a mom. Yeah. Um, that's it's just beautiful. the power of Christ. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I love, I always link, link in the show notes to every single verse that is mentioned or alluded to. So people can basically do their own Bible study with every episode of the podcast. And awesome. that one right there is so awesome and such promises. And, and that's the difference between reading and studying. I would encourage people pull that up, read that every day for 30 days or read it every morning and every evening, put it on your bathroom and read it when you brush your teeth, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is, because get that down inside of you. Those promises in that section of scripture are so empowering and so life-giving and so much freedom in that to know that he's the one who's going to fix us in, in 1 Peter 5, 10, fix us and make us what we ought to be. But it also yes. says after we suffered a little while, that's how 1 Peter 5, 10 <laughs> says it. I'm like, oh, thanks. But it's yes. so true, right? We have to so learn true. and grow. And But I love that scripture. Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Um, okay. And, oh, do you have a resource specifically that you want to point our listeners to? Yeah. So it's the trigger tracker. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of bringing awareness to why you're getting angry. Um, I like you to take certain things that you know you're getting triggered by a lot maybe it's morning routine getting the kids out of the house or whatever it is bedtime routine um or just a moment that you know you blew it mm -hmm. <laughs> you take that trigger tracker and it just helps you process through it gives you a little more clarity what was going on for you points you into where you want to be um and what's the lord say about uh, speaking to you about this right now Yes, I have it right here. So it's nataliehickson.com slash intertwined dash life. And I will put that in the show notes too. So Natalie is offering that to all of you guys, my listeners for free that you can go on and get her trigger tracker and start actually learning a little bit about yourself too, right? In this process mm -hmm. and how you can yep. manage. I love that. Thank you, Natalie, for that offer and for bringing that and for all the incredible things you brought today to this episode and to the moms listening. Um, how can they reach you? How can they find you? So we know you're not on social media. So <laughs> how can they connect with you? Yep. Um, I'm at nataliehickson.com and I have that trigger tracker there. And I also have a blog that um, I share prayers that I write and blog posts about this, all the subjects that we're talking about today. Awesome. Um, so you can find everything there. Awesome. And do you take clients right now? Or is your docket pretty full? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And you do like yeah, one on one. We're, we're close to wait. We're close to wait listing, but we're okay at the moment. <laughs> awesome. So one on one, yeah. like Zoom type thing, so they don't have to be in Montana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, no. that's so great. Yeah. All virtual. Oh. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Natalie. It's been amazing. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget to check out those show notes for all of the links, the verses, the resources, everything we talked about today. A huge thank you for Natalie for coming on and sharing her area of expertise and her story so transparently with all of us. And so, guys, I'll be back in a couple weeks. And I am very excited and amazed to announce the next guest. Just yesterday, actually, I had the opportunity of doing the interview with Miss Ginger Stocky. She is the Chief Creative Officer for Joyce Meyer Ministries. If you have ever listened to Joyce Meyer or watched Joyce Meyer, you have seen and heard Ginger. She is such a beautiful, beautiful woman. She loves the Lord and she's so compassionate and she's so fun. And she's the one who's traveling and showing us videos of what Joyce Meyer Ministries is doing all across the world. She's also the one sitting there talking with Joyce and asking her the questions. And she's also a co-host of the Talk It out podcast. And so you're going to love this interview. Ginger is everything we want and believe her to be. It was so fun. I could have talked to her all day. She's so amazing. And she has a brand new book, her very first book called Chasing Wonder, and it is coming out June 15th. So in just a couple of weeks, the second week of June, just ahead of her book release, you will get the opportunity to listen to my interview with Ginger Stocky, and I know you are going to love it. So until then, take care, stay strong, stand on what you know, regardless of how you feel. Remember, God's got this. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Hey friend, if you enjoyed this episode and you got some good stuff out of it, there's a few options you have. One, you could click that little subscribe button because let's be honest, who's got time to remember to check back and see if there's a new episode, right? So click that subscribe button and then when a new episode comes up, it will just by the magic of the internet pop up in your Dropbox and it'll be right there for you whenever you're ready. And also, if you would review this podcast, Oh my gosh, if you like what you heard, get on there, give it a five-star review. If you didn't like what you heard, just pretend it never happened, okay? <laughs> but if you would do um, a review for me, just take a couple seconds and do that. Not only would I be crazy excited, but also it would just be a great way for us to partner together for you to help this podcast be seen by more women out there. And you could be a part of helping more women discover these practical ways to apply God's word to just everyday stuff. So I would love it, love it, love it if you could help me out in one of those two ways. Mm -hmm.